Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcasts. You're listening to WIS Business, the podcast, Wisconsin's business news source. Now, here's your host. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Moe here for WIS Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Kenneth Munson, CEO of Community Care. Kenneth, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. So why don't we start with an overview of your organ- of your organization? Can you just talk about the role that community care plays here in Wisconsin? Sure. Community care started in the late 70s, 1977 to be exact, at a time when across the country, people were looking for alternatives to institutional care, nursing home or hospital or other care for an elder population. Uh, at that point, especially if you had governmental support like Medicaid or Medicare, it was hard to get support for in-home services. The uh, the only place to go for a lot of services was actually to be resident in a nursing home or a hospital. So this group of folks decided, and it was happening nationally, there must be a better way to have people live more independent and longer in their own homes, in their own neighborhoods. I see. Excellent. And what kind of services does community care provide to help achieve that mission? So in those uh, early days, uh, in the 70s into the early 80s, uh, they tried a bunch of different things, but the, the, the most important things were sort of central to health and long-term uh, uh, happiness. So uh, help with bathing, uh, help with meals, transportation, uh, rehabilitation services, uh, dental care, and of course, access to good medical care to keep keep folks going. So really the basic things we need to stay independent. And, and they tried it through different programs and different funding from county, state, and government sources. Absolutely. Can you talk about some of the trends that you're watching in the independent long-term care space right now? You know, what's top of mind for you as you lead community care here in 2023? Well, I think, I mean, one of the big trends over the last few decades now, you know, I guess I can separate a little bit from folks who are trying to fund their long-term care health and services through their own their own funds, private pay, and those who are being supported either in part or whole by Medicare and Medicaid. So the, the trend for those using Medicare and Medicaid over the last few decades is, as I said, uh, decades ago, it was very hard to access um, services and stay in your own home and have those services funded. So uh, years ago, over the few years, there were basically county programs that helped people, but it helped a limited number of people stay independent. So you had long waiting lists for those services, yet a handful or a small number of people are able to access them. So with that population, with the the start of family care in Wisconsin, now there's a statewide access for those folks to get those services, people who are Medicaid eligible. On the, the sort of the other side of the coin, the people who need to pay privately, and what we've seen is just the the you know, sort of two things happen. The cost of those services getting higher and higher and higher, making it very difficult to uh, to fund those private out of your own funds over a long period of time. And also uh, in the last several years for both populations, the access to, to paid caregivers becoming very difficult because they're fewer and fewer in the, in the marketplace. Many moved on to other jobs 
And the demographics of Wisconsin are such that fewer of those people are available. So it, it's kind of different tracks, but in, in both cases, um, it's just, there has been much change over the last few decades. Certainly. I'm glad you bring up the caregiver issue because that's something that we've done a lot of reporting on here at WISP Business. And I've had folks on the podcast to talk about some of the workforce issues that the healthcare industry is facing, particularly with long-term care, as well as the state's aging demographics kind of exacerbating that trend. Can you talk more about how that challenge is hitting the work that you do and what you and others in your space are doing to try to you know, wrap your heads around that issue? So we, uh, community care that is, uh, really works on, if you want to say, both sides of the street. Under family care, we manage care for lots of folks. So we are contracting. We essentially are paying for those caregivers, those residential homes, those other places, so people can be, be safe and independent. And on the other side, the direct care side, we run a program called PACE, the program of all-inclusive in, all care for the elderly. In that case, we actually provide the services ourselves. We have doctors and nurses and uh, caregivers, personal care workers. So in, in both cases, what we're seeing is, is just what you've suggested. It's been an issue for a while because of the demographics uh, in many cases and because of the, the competition as pay has gone up in other fields. You know, a quick trip or McDonald's may often pay more than uh, some caregivers receive. But the pandemic has, has there's no doubt, it's exacerbated the situation. It's made it much more difficult. So I think we're seeing it on both ends. We're finding it harder to find people to contract with or organizations to contract with to provide care. And then we ourselves in, um, in hiring have found it harder to hire people to provide direct care. So we're seeing both sides of it. Certainly. And are you aware of any um, strategies for recruitment training in the industry or, or anything folks are, are doing to help, you know, get over that hurdle? Yeah, there are a lot of um, organizations uh, doing a good a good deal of work and, and good work to try to address this issue. One organization called the Survival Coalition has been working for years and has put out a report recently in the last six months or so uh, suggesting avenues for uh, the state government, especially be able to to do some things regarding pay and training. So, you know, their report, the advocates out there have some really good ideas, but I think really, I mean, you sort of hit the issues. You need more pay, uh, better pay, but you also need, I don't know, you need recruitment. You need, you need a general idea that this is a good field to work in. Cause I do think there are a lot of folks who don't necessarily know that these uh, can be longer term jobs for people. So, there can be recruitment, career ladders, all those things. And I should be, uh, I should also say that certainly also within state government, whether it's the uh, governor, Governor Evers, or in the legislature, there's strong support for doing things to increase that pay and help recruitment. I certainly expect out of the back and forth between the governor and the legislature that we'll see some, some new initiatives this year. Great. Glad to have your perspective on that, Kenneth. Sure. You, you mentioned the pandemic, and I wondered if there's anything else that the pandemic impacted in the work that community care does, aside from, you know, its effects on the workforce issues we've already been talking about. Any other lingering effects here, uh, kind of as we as we sort of move out of the pandemic era? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the concerns that we had is that, uh, and, and whether it's the population we serve, which is 
uh, folks with disabilities or an elder population or the, the general population of the state and the country is that I think there are things under the surface that have happened, uh, that are happening, impacts on people. So whether it's, you know, behavioral issues, uh, mental health issues, general health issues, because people haven't gone and gotten the, the basic stuff, the dental care, the things that you might normally have. I mean, I think our belief, and I don't know that it's borne out exactly by evidence yet, but we went through a period of very high stress for people, much greater isolation for people, much less engagement. And those things, those things have impacts. And I think we haven't seen, I, we're kind of at the tip of the iceberg, in, in my mind at least, we're talking about years, maybe decades, till we understand what's truly uh, been happening. But I certainly expect that we're going to, in the next few years, continue to see needs that were unmet during the pandemic are going to lead to, unfortunately, some some worse consequences in, in health, mental health, physical health. We have yet to see. Agreed. Well, that'll certainly be something to keep an eye on here as we go forward. Uh, Kenneth, any other final thoughts you'd like to share before we wrap up the podcast? Well, I just say that I think that, you know, Wisconsin, you know, we, we focus on understandably the things that we need to do in this state. Wisconsin has been a leader in developing long-term care programs and supports over the decades. Uh, our, you know, programs like family care, which is statewide, uh, programs like PACE that we have done at community care for, for 30 years or, or so, those programs are, are much further ahead than what other states are doing. It's not that to crow and say, look how great we are. It's just to say that there has been a focus on helping folks who need that support to stay home, to be independent for, for many years. We have a history. We really need to kind of kind of recommit ourselves to that history and think about what the next iteration of those programs should be. Well, thank you, Kenneth, so much for taking the time to speak with me for the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, hopefully we can reconnect sometime down the line to uh, talk more about how these issues continue to evolve. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate the opportunity. You've been listening to WIS Business, the podcast. Now stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcast. Did you know that almost 80% of UW-Madison's in-state students return to live and work in Wisconsin in the years after graduation? And almost half of all UW-Madison alumni are current Wisconsin residents. That's just one way we're driving our economy forward. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.